In a world where trust is shattered and darkness looms, one man's journey from betrayal to redemption will captivate your heart. Absolutely. Even if Absolutely. you don't take them. If you have a relative that is a Christian, yes. allow them to take the kids. I like that. Because yeah. it's like, you, you may not want Jesus, but... Thrown into a detention center, he grappled with the harsh reality of being imprisoned mentally and physically. At that moment, I told myself, I'm not going behind bars no more. Betrayed and deceived by the one he trusted most. So now we're about to enter into this part of your life where you're cheated on. It was rough for me. Bought teddy bears for her, flowers. And my heart just got squeezed and beat upon and crushed and stuck. In the depths of his despair, he questioned God's plan. I said, I said, you don't know what just happened to me, Meg. But amidst the darkness, a glimmer of hope emerged. He found solace in the teachings of a higher power. And in that moment, he discovered a new purpose. Out with the old. In with the new. In with the new. The Holy Spirit came inside of me. From being lost to salvation, this is the story of Nick. Coming soon, this summer on July 1st on YouTube and all podcast platforms. To the Call by God podcast with my daddy Nixon Sylvain, Roxanne Tanai, and Adney Golding. This show is about dialogues of biblical characters and testimonies of Christians who submitted to the will of God. Each week, we'll bring on one guest so that they can share their story of how they were called by God. I hope this show inspires you. Welcome to another episode of the Call by God podcast. I'm your host, Nixon Sylvain, and my other host, Rotten Sinat, and my co-host, Adni Godin. Adni Godin. How y'all doing on this beautiful, beautiful day? Well, I will allow Adney to go first. She's a lady on the show. <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm honestly doing good. I can't, I can't complain. Yeah, I, I, I would, you know amplify the same thing i think yeah, we had a phenomenal week and uh, looking forward to the weekend and uh once again i'm excited to be on the show amen well i'm gonna just go ahead and without further ado i'm not just gonna dive into the guests that we have here i mean i'm i'm just excited as you all know the call by god podcast has been blessing many listeners i've um, had people reach out to me so it's just amazing how you know you could put a platform or ministry out there and that's you know many lives are being touched and when i think about the call by god podcast i don't think it's only limited to to a certain group of people i think that god is calling us from even in our youth um on our young adult stages and even all, we could be up there in age elderly stages I, we believe that god could reach you and could call you at any given time and i think about the problem prophet jeremiah and there's a you know couple of scriptures that i want to touch on jeremiah said in jeremiah 1 4 he was a prophet a young prophet of of our lord he said the lord the word of the lord came to me so he's saying that god came to him saying before i formed you in the womb i knew you before you were born i set you apart i appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Then he says, Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, 
I do not know how to speak. So here's Jeremiah talking to God about, you know, his deficiencies. Look, look, Lord, I'm, I'm young. I don't know how to speak. And following, he said, I am too young. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. So I think this past, these few passages of scriptures is perfect for the guests that we're about to bring on because this is a special episode. We're talking to not only my daughter, a godly young lady, she's, uh, she's highly educated and, you know, a college student. She's doing her thing. She's working, godly woman, love the Lord. And, and she's a type of person where we refer to as a Generation Z. And for her to have that type of generation that she was born in this type of generation and to have the zest and the zeal for God, I mean, that is phenomenal. So we just thought that we would just bring her on here so she could share some tips and some pointers of how she was called by God. So without further ado, I now introduce you, my wonderful daughter, Jordan. How you doing, Jordan? I am doing well. Thank you for inviting me to your podcast. I am very excited and to see that this is a great opportunity for not only me, but the viewers and the listeners out there. Oh man, it is it is phenomenal to have you here. Um, we, I mean, we are excited. I mean, uh, Sister Adney, Brother Rodka, Tessa, that we are so happy. So we're just going to just go ahead and dive in. I'm going to just toss it on to Sister Adney, and we're just going to kind of like see, you know, what God is doing with you. We kind of, we want to know. All right, go ahead. Hey, Jordan. Okay, I call you my spiritual niece, so we're going to be having just a little conversation here. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um the first question I want to ask you, because, um, of course, you know, before we were called, we had to start somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. I want to ask you about your relationship with your mom. My relationship with my mother is close because I lived a fairly normal childhood. I had my mom with me and my grandparents. However, I didn't have my original father with me. So it was a very rough childhood on that department. And I considered that my broken home. But until my father, who I really consider my father, Nixon Sylvain, entered into me and my mother's life, he had more of a connection and more active than my original father is. So it was just a blessing to have him that God was able to fix something that was broken. So let's go ahead and go a little deeper on the relationship with um, your dad and daddy-o. Because I know you, you call brother Nick daddy-o and uh, your biological dad you call dad. So let's go a little deeper on that. What What is that like and how that how has that shaped you and caused you to become the woman that you, the young woman that you are today? Well, from my biological dad and my daddy-o, I feel like with my original dad, he kind of, in a way, by him leaving my life, he shaped me because of who I am. Like, I don't resent people. I'm very understanding and I become very open because I feel like if I'm closed off, if I just hate the world and just be bitter, that's just not who I am. And that would just only destroy myself and goes to show that he won. So, but with Daddy-O, he was, like, more open to me. He told me about the word. He let me express of who I am. And by his example and what he do, I follow um, what he does, like, reading the Bible, having testimonies, praying, just him being himself. So, I'm thinking, 
like this is the real father I should have. And even if my original father came back in my life or not, it shouldn't matter because in the end of the day, it's my decision and it's me who's going to shape myself and not the person who brought me into this world. Oh, girl, that was so deep. That was so deep. I love that answer. Um, I want to ask you, I want to go back to your relationship with your mom as well, because I know um, your mom was single um, before mm-hmm. she met your daddy-o. Um, how was it? And I know you said grandparents, but just I just want you to focus on mother. that relationship with you and your mom. Me and my mother have a very tight bond. She always, like, helped me when I fall. She always gave me the best advice. We have our little ups and downs, but most of the time, she would just always just be there for me or, like, she always put up an act, even when I was small, um, that she was a strong, independent woman. I know she had her times where she break down, and I kind of see those secret moments, and it makes me like feel a lot for her and make me have a even more deeper connection because I don't want her to feel alone or feel like this battle is just only for her. I know in the end of the day, God is with her and God is in a battle, but I guess what draw me close to her it's just that what she's been going through and just by how she never gave up on me, I never wanted to give up on her. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Well Jordan, well you want we want to thank you for your uh the level of transparency, uh, I think that's, that speaks volume. Uh, but I definitely want to elaborate on, I want you to elaborate on, at, so so let's piggyback on, so you actually have a foundation early on in your life. Your mother was a woman of God. You mentioned, you you, dim, you actually spoke about the examples that was uh, introduced to you early in the childhood. You talked about uh, your father being absentee, but then again, God replaced him with a, a man of God. And so it clearly uh, shows that you have the demonstration, you have the foundation. But I want to I want to emphasize on your choice. You said something very significantly impressing to me. You said, I still have to make a choice to choose what who I want, who I want to be and how I want to decide to live my life. That is correct, because we know now that God has a calling on your life. But can you reassure me? Why did you decide that this is the path I want to go? Because I, we understand you have the foundation, you have the demonstration, you have the examples. But, you know, there's a lot of kids today in society that rebel. You know, we have social media, you have the influence of friends, you have the parties, you have the alcohol, the drugs. There's so many things that can pull a young teenager out of their uh, foundational home that is structured by God. What allow you to stay focused, Jordan? Well, you make a good point, especially that by how the world is, you're very pressured to do a lot of things because of how society see things. And of course, you want to rebel to show people like, look, I'm not the good, I, I may be a good person, but it doesn't mean I have to stay as a good person. But even Absolutely. though deep down, you know, it's still kind of wrong and you don't want to hurt people or you, in a way you just want to please everybody around you. But sometimes you just can't. And that's the hard reality of it but to answer your question for me 
I'll have my times, yes, where I like fall down and get back up with like following the world's example of what good is and just try to do whatever, you know, the flesh want. Like, I want to do this or I want to experience that. Like everything that, you know, as a Christian, you cannot do, but is considered fun to do. And that's what gets us like what's fun is fun and nothing's going to hurt. But you never know. What you're doing for fun may lead to destruction. It's like a domino effect. If you're ending up with this person, everything is all well and dandies, all is fine. But then if you see like a change and you don't do anything about it, it affects you in the future because life is like a branch. And it's in the end of the day, your decision to either follow the right path or the wrong path. Sometimes you're not even going to see what is right or wrong because it'll just come like that. However, if you just feel something in your spirit or we all have that like second gut or like second mind of knowing what is wrong and what is right, it's best to follow that example. And uh, another question I have for you, Jordan, uh, is how are you able to uh, differentiate from Christian friends and non-Christian friends? We know that as a Christian, you're, you're not always going to have Christian friends. Because when you go to school, majority of individuals that go to school don't have the Christian foundation at home. So how are you able to uh, set apart from your Christian friends and non-Christian friends and still uh, being accepting and loving and kind despite if they're saved or not? How are you able to do so? And how I answer it to all my viewers or other teens out there who's listening to it, it is hard to, of course, maintain your Christian life and, of course, the life you will want your friends to see you as. Because for me, for my example, I do have my friends in high school. They know I'm a Christian. Half of them are not, or at least one of them will be the atheist. So I try to keep that balance, but also tell people like, hey, I don't mind doing all of this. However, I have a limit or I have boundaries of not doing this type of thing. And, you know, if they're your friend or, you know, you're comfortable in that position is like when they don't force you, they don't push you. They don't question you like, why are you doing all of this? Or you sure you can't just do that? It would just be one time. It would be one thing. If they keep on pressuring you or just do it don't think of it as they're caring for you or just as it's just a small little thing no if you don't feel comfortable doing it don't do it at all because that could um save your life you never know but as for like christian because for christian friends of course i have christian friends at the church we all talk hang out but it feels like you have more or for me i have a more connection to my non-Christian friends, not in the bad way of some sorts, but it feels like you could be more of yourself in a way, but you just have to be careful not to be too much of yourself, like cursing or doing things you're not really supposed to do or like sneaking off of curfews, being rebel. Of course, we're going to have our times of doing that, wanting to be slick, like, I got away with this, what's, what's next? But at the same time, you just have to kind of like dial it down a little bit or just know where you're at in the end of the day like you're a christian they know that you're staying faithful and that you are rooted to the ground that nobody can shake you leave you or just mess with you because they know god is with you and if they don't know that you just kind of show them or prove it to them yeah let, let me add on to that um man you said a mouthful 
Wow. Like, I, I like the word that you use, boundaries. I, I like that word. I mean, that when you said that, I was like, wow. You know, and, and not only that, the word boundary, I like the fact that you could be with people that are not Christians. So it's, it's, everybody has a, a purpose, right? So we are called to be the light of the world. So when I look at you being in the midst of people that's not saved, I look at you being the light in that circle, right? So what sometimes some saints, what they were always taught to do is to always be around the Christians, but that's not so. That's not true. So God needs a light in a dark place. So God, that's why you're, you're so unique. God has put you and God has led you to be that example to your generation, to be that light in a dark place. Because there's many people that have different beliefs, belief systems. There's many people that's coming up from broken homes. Yeah, you were fortunate and blessed to have a mother and a father living in the same household to build that foundation. But there's others that don't have that. And for you to be in the midst of ungodly people and to use the word boundaries, like, because either you're going to do two things. It's either they're going to convert you or you're going to convert them. So that's why I like the fact that you use that word and that, and that we don't judge you in the sense that, hey, why are you chilling with these type of people? So what I wanted to ask you, um, when did you, you know, of course, before I go to my question, we know that people have certain titles. You got the preachers, you got the teachers, you got the evangelists, right? So when did you feel that tug or that call or what God was calling you to do? When did you feel that, wow, God, is this is what you calling me to do to draw people closer to you? Um, and I want you to explain to your listeners, what was that call like? The call, it's, how can I really explain it? It's like something you can't explain, and that's like the best kind of testimony or the best word to say. Like when God puts something in your spirit, it's hard for you to explain it. But for the question that you're asking me, it's a blessing and a curse because you have those people or you have those friend groups, like you say, you're the light of of some of their darkness, come to you asking you for advice and you thinking to yourself, oh, wow, God, did you really put me here to help this person out or just to tell them like they're not alone, that it's okay, that God is with them, you're with them, you're not alone in the battle, even though you feel like you are, like you're in this deep, dark darkness. Like I always say, like if you step out at nighttime, there's always a shine of light, there's always a star, there's always any type of light that you could reach out to. It's oh, it's just you at the end of the day for you to reach it or not. But like I say, it's also a curse because then you feel pressured of wanting to say the right words to the person and you feel like, oh gosh, if I don't say this right, they're going to think of it as like totally complete opposite or they're just going to like start saying, well, that doesn't make sense or why is it happening to me? Why can't it happen to anybody else? It's like these questions you cannot answer on your own but have to keep on meditating and praying to God for you to use the right words for that soul and for that person. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Thank you for making it midway through this episode. We want to take a moment to sincerely thank each and every one of you who have been supporting our show. Your encouragement and positive feedback mean the world to us. We want to continue to bring you inspiring and thought-provoking content each week, and that's where we need your help. We kindly ask you to support our podcast by clicking on the link provided in the description below. Your support will enable us to grow, reach a wider audience, and continue to produce the quality content you enjoy. 
We truly appreciate your support and value your contribution to the Call by God podcast. Together, let's inspire and uplift others in their faith journey. Thank you once again for your continued support, and we look forward to bringing you more enlightening episodes in the future. God bless. If I didn't know any better, I would think that I would think that Jordan is a preacher kid. <laughs> oh, Jordan, girl. <laughs> you, would, you would think. I don't think so. Mercy. You, know, you yes. would think that Jordan is actually a a, a PK. And uh, mm. any observation, Jordan, do people actually at the school think that you are like a, a preacher's kid because of your demeanor, the way you carry yourself, the way you talk? Because, you know, there is a slight difference from uh, speaking Ebonics and speaking it with slight uh, of sense of cautiousness. Because you, you probably speak Ebonics in school with different slang, but you're, you're cautious. You know, you're a little bit con- conscious of what oh, to yeah. say and what not to say. Yep. And I very much am. In my friend group, because... In high school, I had like 10 friends. And then, of course, after high school, you know who those true friends are when they still stick with you. So now I have like three or four friends. And my label for them is that nice, optimistic and caring person. And of course, sometimes I feel like, man, I I, I could be more than that or in this other type of way because like you said everybody have their own labels and have their own identity in a way like you got the funny one you got the foolish one you got the one that like like to party a lot however with um me they do see me as like the um not the preacher's kid but of course the church girl that won't do much wrong or you know just have like what daddy said with my boundaries or just knowing when to say yes or no so they know not to really force me. Yeah, they'll become a little bit irritated, but at the same time, they accept who I am. And that's the definition or how friends should be like, no matter where you come from. And of course, the religion that you have, as long as they stick with you and just be with you, they just accept for except for who you are and what your beliefs in. Uh, again, we already know your, your purpose um, and what it means to be around your friends. Um, we know that God is calling you to, you know, call them. To get to know Jesus, and I think the closer you know, people are not going to come to the church building. You know, we are we are a walking church, you know, and we we evangelize in that way. So, what I wanted to ask you, um, and, and I know you know the question is coming from your dad, but what I wanted to ask you is like, you know, you you know, we have our own faith, and we know God personally. When I say we, I mean me and your mom. Um, she knows God on a personal level. So I want to know what were some of the experiences that you know that God was actually with you and walking with you? And how did you find that? Like, wow, I'm starting to experience God for myself. I want you to share some examples because, again, it's so much. You could take a child to a worship building, have Bible studies with them, read the black and white all day. We could pray. But what was the assurance or the confirmation? Like, you know, we talk about Samuel. So Samuel was in the temple. God was calling them. Samuel. And then Samuel went to the priest. Eli, you guys a nope. So God called Samuel about three, four times. You know, so what was your confirmation like? Wow, what I'm reading is actually true. God is definitely with me. I want you to share, uh, you can either share one experience or maybe a couple of experiences that you know that God was actually with you. Okay. To answer your question, with my with my mother and of course her being a strong spiritual woman, I see like how God blessed her and provide for her and for myself. And I was thinking to myself, man, it must be like really good what she's doing or man being a Christian means you have all these good stuff. 
but that's not how it is. Usually when you say yes to God or step into Christ, that's where like all hell broke loose or just when really bad things start to happen. But not just because you want to become a Christian, but it's because God want to see where your faith is at, really. Because we can all say like, you'll know those type of Christians where they got those Christians say, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. God has blessed me with a house and a family and with three, two dogs. I, I, I could go on with my life. But it's usually the ones who are silent are the ones that God have blessed the most. Because when a storm comes in or if anything were to happen, those people that saying like they're Christian and all, they're very quick to break down and say, oh, why is God doing this to me? This shouldn't be happening or I'm praising him. I'm giving everything to him like this. But as real Christians, we think to ourselves like, Lord, you let this happen for a reason. And I pray that you give me, you humble me for this experience and that you let me learn from this lesson. Our, every lesson we go through always have like a meaning behind it. So then for me, I can't really remember when I was little, but this recent thing, it goes to show God was with me is when I got fired from my um, old job at Petland. I was very, very devastated because I'm thinking like, God, you know, I love this job. You know, I have a passion for animals. Why would you take this away from me? And there have been seven months where I had my emotional swings. Like I was happy, like, oh, I don't have a job. I could just sit back, relax. I was mad at God. Like, why did you let this happen? I was scared that I would never be able to even find a job like all these emotions like bubbled up until one day I got a phone call at a pet hospital and they offered me the job and I was really excited to take it. However, I told them because I wanted to put God first, like I cannot work on Sundays. It's against my religion. I could do anything you want me to holidays over hours, just anything but to work on Sundays. They were a little bit skeptical of that. So they didn't contact me for a few weeks. Then another hospital called me and they did the same thing. And I answered them the same um, same response. And they were skeptical. So after that interview, I really started to break down saying like, God, I'm putting you first. Why won't you just bless me with this? Like, what, are, what am I not doing? Because I'm still being optimistic. I'm still having faith. Like, what is the problem? And I... I kid you guys not, and I'm being honest in my heart. Two hours later, my first, um, the first hospital, of the first animal hospital called me and said, we will be, um, we are very happy to consider you as of our um, animal family and will want you to work with me. After that, after they said that and I hung up the phone, I was in tears, but not as me being sad, but like joyful tears because it goes to show me that me denying what the world wants me to do is work on Sundays, I was able to overcome it and put God first. And I was able to get a job I never thought I would get. And that is way better from the old one. So that alone goes to show um, that I don't, God doesn't work in our timing, but he always is on time because he's working in his own timing. So that was... That's how I know, even from now, God is with me. Wow. See, what I honestly it? know now why we've been having our little, you know, because this girl right here, oh my gosh, Jordan, thank you 
for your transparency. Um, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go a little deep with you because I know um, you just experienced a loss and it was a great loss and that was a loss of your grandmother. Has that detoured your, your um, relationship with God? Has that affected how you reach out to God and search for God and want him to, you know, just reveal everything that he desires from you. Because, you know, sometimes we could get into that place of, you know what, that's my grandma and da-da-da-da-da. And, and you're like, okay, no, God, what is it? What do you want from me? Because I know for you to take her, there had to be a reason. So I want you to share with us, how was that journey for you? I'm glad you asked us to Annie because, well, yes, when I did lose my grandmother, that was a very, very hard day because I loved her with all my heart. And, of course, it was a great, um, great loss for, of course, my mother because, you know, that's her mother. So it was it was hard on both of us. And, of course, everybody grieve in their own different ways. Some people will go drink. Some people would just be very talkative. Some people be quiet, just what with my grieving, I bottle things up and I'll say that that's not healthy and it's okay to cry. It's okay to weep and to mourn because it doesn't show that you're weak, but it shows that that you've been strong for too long. So I, it's like, I did have that, um, that thought like, God, why in the world would you take her away just like that? Why can't she stay like another year or just experience this great year with us? But with this pandemic, with the corona, and I'm seeing all these people like die alone, me and my mother had a heart to heart, like talk about it and say like, you know what? What God did was a good time because if she would have died around this pandemic, it would have been even harder than it is now because then we wouldn't be with her. We wouldn't like be in a hospital, tell her that we love her. But those people or families that couldn't, it makes you have like a different um, perspective. And you're like, wow, God, I see what you're doing. It's not when it happens, you'll see, but like in the future or where you finally get to understand when your mind finally clears and God shows you because he doesn't give you it on like on the table, does show you the whole plan. It's all step by step, vision by vision. And that's when you actually see like, wow, God, this is what you were preventing. Or this is, you did give us that time to actually enjoy her and have our final goodbye, sit next to her, tell her that we love her and her to repent. So it was hard. It was very, very hard. But with what's going on today, and I thank God that the um, pandemic is slowly decreasing and that people and families are finally to see their family members is just you know just mind opening eye opening of what's going on now yeah so i'm touched but i want to ask you a question um you know since the demise of of your grandmother and and we know that we all gotta go um we know that this is not our home and that's why we do what we do, because Jesus Christ came and he died. He was buried and he was rose. He risen. He was risen on the third day just so we could have life for those that believe in him, repent, confess, baptize, and they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we know that this is not our home. So what I wanted to ask you is that when now that we know that your mother has been, you know, grandmother has been gone, when you look at people that are still alive, does it kind of like push you to do more to minister to them or talk to them about Jesus Christ so they so they could have life everlasting? 
Like, do it kind of like pushes you or motivate you to find some kind of creative way with God's power, um, you know, to, to reach out to those that are lost. And, and I want you to explain on that because, again, we know that young adults, Generation Z, they already count you guys out. So these are the stories that, that people do not hear, some of the things that you're sharing. You know, for you to be a young, young adult, you're in college, you're working, but yet you're a young lady, you're, you're a woman of God. You're still worshiping God. You're doing things that pleases God. So what are some of the things that you are doing to ensure that people are following the right path? It could be the littlest things, but that littlest thing is a glory to God. Some people think you have to do something impactful, you know, but we plant, we water, but it is God. It is God himself who does the increase. So what are some of the things that you are doing to ensure that God get the glory and to ensure that people are on the right path? Well, what I do is, of course, I just pray for knowing that whatever I do, it'll now I don't really care for impact of the world, but mostly for the people who are your world and that they will be saved. And what my favorite book was um, The Revelation of Heaven and Hell, because that's even a eye-opening book that make you think about when the time comes because everybody have their own time limit it's scary to think yes but at the same time it motivates me and of course it will motivate others to live their life but not only for themselves but for god and to tell their testimonies so for what i would do is tell it's hard to open up um talking about christianity because then you got that weird look from people or they'll try to shift the conversation or even you feel like even though when you're comfortable with christians and other people when you want to talk to your friends about it you feel uncomfortable and that's the worst feeling because you want to help the people you want to reach out to the ones that you care about the most so for me, I'll put like little C's like, uh, like don't give up or still have faith or just, you know, don't think that you're alone. Or if you need me, I'll be here. Just call me. Like I try to be like the nurturer of the group. Like I know I won't be the best out of it, but I'll just still try my best and God could do the rest behind the scene. So that's what I would do. And I advise like other people or other generation X, Y, Z, whoever's listening out there, just at least try. Because that's what God looks at. God doesn't look at like our, he does look at our hard works. But at the same time, if we show God that we're trying, that's the best example we could do. Absolutely. You know, uh, this, this show has been a tremendous, uh, you know, transparency, a level of transparency and, uh, uh, show, you know, wearing your emotions on the sleeve, letting the world know it, this is how I feel and this is what I've experienced. Uh, and, and, I, and essentially, I want to, you know, just digest on what you said about God uh, revealing himself to you because you pose a question, God, why now? Why did my grandma leave now? And God revealed to you because there is a famine coming on the land. There is going to be a sickness that's not going to allow you to have personal time with her. A chance to say goodbye with her, to sit with her, hold her hands. So that is, folks, world, this is a, a true dramatic experience, but she sees it in a godly uh, revelation way. So this is what we're talking about when you say called by God. This is a young teenager who has the insight and have the, a relationship and intimacy with God because she fully has not only the revelation, but the understanding that this is why God 
was able to transition my grandmother in this season. For, for most of us on a podcast today that is listening to Call by God, we want to ensure you that God makes no mistakes, folks. God is always on time. You're hearing it from a mouth of a teenager who walked in those shoes and who had a, an experience where God was revealing to her, this is why I do what I do and remind you, I'm doing it in, the be- in your best interest. So we want to thank you, Jordan. We want to thank you for your heartfelt, your compassion. We want to thank you for your level of transparency. We want to thank you once again for opening up, speaking highly of your creator, your God, which is our God as well, who's always working in our interest, who's always doing the best that he can to make sure that we're comfortable and most importantly, that he's glorified. So, I mean, nevertheless, I have anything, nothing else to say because you have not only shocked the world, you shocked me as well as a listener today on Call by God podcast. Yes, I mean, I'm her daddy and and uh, you know, I, I took a back seat. I was like, "Wow, this is a uh, powerful." You know, so again, you know, Rod, you said it best, but you know, I'd never let anybody leave the show without me asking them one question. So I got one more last <laughs> question. <laughs> and it's been so good. I, I think she's going to give her honest opinion uh, about this and it's just a, just a, been a powerful show episode. Yeah. So, uh, Jordan, so the one question that I wanted to pose and ask you, um, so what's one advice you'll give to a young adult of answering the call that God has in their lives? Well, what's... for my final answer, and I thank you all for inviting me. I actually I had a wonderful time expressing myself and telling nothing but the truth from my heart. But for my last conclu- conclusion is just to not give up. Because that's the worst thing you can ever do. Just know it is, even when you feel like it's too late, it's never too late with God by your side. Just be humble, be thankful, and just still, of course, when things are not looking bright, just know that there's a bright side somewhere. And that if you feel like the time is not now, always know that that God's timing is never wrong and is never, ever late. And I thank you again. And I hope your podcast goes well and it blossoms. Thank you so much, Jordan, for those kind words. It was a blessing for us to have you on the Call by God podcast. I'm really looking forward to see what God is about to do with you in the coming future. And also to conclude this show, to all of our listeners, our supporters, we ask that you continue to listen, subscribe, and please share our podcast. And also in addition to that, we do plan on expanding and doing more with this uh, ministry. So we just ask that you simply go on to the show notes and just click on the link and please support the show you can support us whatever means of income that you have it could be one dollar we'll be satisfied with that so just please support us and whatever we're trying to do we're trying to bring more content unto our listeners may god bless you and remember jesus christ is king Wait, there's more. What if today was your last day on earth? Would you be ready to meet your maker? Well, Jesus Christ has given us the good news. He told his disciples in Mark 16, 15, 16, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. 
he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Jesus Christ has instructed his children to share and preach the gospel, which is the good news, which means that Jesus Christ came and that he was sacrificed. He was buried and he rose on the third day. By believing and by repenting and confessing and being baptized, you will be saved. So it is your choice. Jesus Christ will not force you. You've heard the message. You've heard personal testimonies. But this is your opportunity to give your life to Christ. Don't wait until tomorrow because tomorrow is not promised. So I hope you submit to the will of God and give your soul to Christ. Be blessed.